And time for your weekly wellness update with our wellness expert. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. Here is Laura DeSanctis, who is on your radio right now. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, we're going to start with, uh, I feel like this week is kind of like the first week for vacations. I don't know about you, Laura, but a lot of people I know, uh, co-workers, colleagues as well, uh, there's a lot of people on vacation, it seems, this week. Yeah, this week, and I feel like June is that month and people are already thinking, okay, what am I going to do for the summer? Right. So, okay, if you're on vacation this week, uh, perhaps uh, you've been partaking in a little uh, day drinking, right? Because, uh, you know, it's not a school night. It's not a school day, as they say. And we're going to start this week uh, by talking about how uh, day drinking apparently affects your body differently. That if you're having, I don't know, like margaritas in the afternoon, your body reacts differently than, say, to uh, a bottle of wine at dinner later at night. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize, too, is that when they think day drinking, they don't realize that not only is it going to affect you during the day, but it's also going to affect your sleep pattern. And I know with the warmer weather, like um, the pool parties, the picnics, uh, after work, going to a bar, or even the Sunday brunches, those are all things that people do on the weekends, but they don't realize, you know, even if it is during the day, how much day drinking can affect your sleep and also um, how you feel. So with and let's go back to the sleep part for a little bit, because I think a lot of people, when they think, oh, it's okay, I've had a few drinks to, uh, in the day, it's not going to affect me at night. That's actually not true. It's alcohol has been proven to disrupt our sleep, and people are more likely to wake up throughout the night if they drink alcohol um, during the day, even before bed. And I know a lot of people say, well, how about if I have a drink or two before bed, it actually helps me sleep. And that's not necessarily true, because it can still disrupt um, effects, and there are effects that's going to disrupt your sleeping patterns in the evening. But I will tell people that the longer the time period is between drinking alcohol and bedtime, the less it can negatively affect your sleep. But again, too, there's a lot of other factors that come into play. Did you eat when, while you were consuming alcohol? Um, were you doing any other activities? Were you drinking water in the daytime as well while you're drinking alcohol? Because a lot of people actually don't hydrate enough even though they're day drinking okay and you know it's also interesting there's a difference between quantity and quality as always yes maybe you feel you get to sleep uh, quote-unquote easier after a few drinks uh, but you're maybe not having a good or quality sleep that's right and also even with the food so a lot of people um they say they don't get hangovers because they're eating during the day versus when they're uh, eating and drinking during the day versus when they're drinking at at night and not necessarily consuming food. So if you are drinking during the day and you're eating, food actually slows down that absorption of alcohol and the effects of alcohol are decreased. But alcohol also can have a negative impact on our digestion and that can increase the speed for digestion and put a lot of people, if you're day drinking and you're not eating, you may find that you can get diarrhea. And sometimes that's a little bit too much TMI, but that's the truth. That's how the body's going to respond. Okay. And also as well, when you a day drink, uh, you tend on average, they say, to drink uh, more sugary drinks in the daytime as opposed to in the evening? Apparently that's right. You drink more sugary drinks during the daytime. So the type of alcoholic drink you're likely to drink during the daytime is going to affect you differently. So you need to think about how much sugar is going to be in your mimosa or your cocktail, because that is something that's going to like a margarita or a daiquiri, that sugar is going to slow down the absorption of the alcohol in the bloodstream. And what happens is a lot of people end up drinking more so they can feel the effects of alcohol. All right. So uh, maybe those that are on vacation this week or in the coming weeks as a uh, wellness expert, uh, is there a better time, do you think, Alora, than others to uh, indulge and have uh, an alcoholic beverage? 
Um, I, I don't mind. I think during the daytime is probably better because if you are going to be doing it during the daytime, chances are you're going to be hydrating. Hopefully you are and you're going to be eating food. Um, but again, alcohol in excess is never good for our health. So, And even paying attention to consuming those sugary alcoholic drinks. One or two, that's fine. Everything, for me, I always think everything about balance because we know that when we overconsume, especially with alcohol, it's very detrimental to our health. But, I mean, even if you want to go in the evening and have a drink or two, that's fine as well. Just make sure you're constantly hydrating. All right, here with our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis, for our weekly wellness update. And we're going to continue on this theme of uh, sleep and quality sleep because we also wanted to discuss this week uh, from a neuroscientist who has had a look at exactly how long it should take us, Laura, to fall asleep. Yes, from a neuroscientist. So I don't know about you, Jeff, but for me, like when my head hits the pillow, I... I think I go to sleep within a minute or two. How about you? You are very, very lucky. <laughs> you know what? To be honest with you, I think it depends on the day, the kind of day I've had. If I've got thoughts racing through my head, it can take me uh, a little while. It can take me more than, you know, 10 minutes or so. To I, It could take me up to half an hour maybe to really to uh, fall into a deep sleep. Interesting. So, yes, from a neuroscience perspective, they're saying that it takes most people about 5 to 20 minutes to fall asleep, but everyone is different. So I thought the 5 to 20 minute mark was very interesting, but uh, if you go to bed within 5 to 20 minutes, that's supposed to be a really good sign for your body and mind so they know that you're ready to relax and you're ready to hit snooze and you're on your way to a night of deep, high-quality sleep. Okay, can we set ourselves up for a successful night of sleep? Is that part of it, that uh, we have to tell our bodies that uh, it's time to rest, it's time to go to sleep? Yeah, I mean, for me, and I think everyone is different, but having that good sleep hygiene, that good sleep routine, making sure that you're not in front of screens or you're not working, try to wind down at least an hour before bed. If you're someone that has, I find it very hard to fall asleep, try it having a, a meditation routine or even journaling out your thoughts before bed. I find that helps as well. Or taking uh, a bath or a shower can soothe you. There's different things for different people, but I think having that solid sleep routine and going to bed at the same night, same time every night is also really important. Maybe that is what I need to do if I'm having these thoughts. I need to sit down and journal them and get them out so I can have a good night's sleep. And mm -hmm. Also wondering, uh, Laura, should you give up after a while? Like if I've been lying in bed or anybody has been lying in bed for, say, 30 plus minutes and you're not going to sleep, should you get up and do something and try again a little later on? You know what I like to do is I like to do a meditation, uh, um, downloading that app from Calm or even on YouTube or even trying to take magnesium. So magnesium is an essential mineral and it's a natural relaxer that can also help enhance like our sleep quality and support our healthy circadian rhythm. So maybe even trying to have um, a glass of warm water with a little scoop of powdered magnesium and then go trying to go to bed in 20 minutes and see how you feel. But I also find with me, but again, everyone's different, that meditation really helps. You know, I'm glad you mentioned magnesium because I was going to raise that as well. I've started taking that in the last year before bedtime and, uh, I tell you, I get some of my best, deepest sleeps after I've uh, had some magnesium. Magnesium, yeah. I really like magnesium. And then I also found, too, is the sound machines. So sound machines really help um, with the white noise. That really puts me into deep sleep. Well, you know, if you live in uh, downtown Toronto, you get enough white noise going already uh, without <laughs> the machines, I think. That is true. Yeah. Laura, great stuff as always. Thank you so Thanks. much for this. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Jeff. All right, there goes our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Again, you can find her on Instagram at go with your gut. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.